TII Item 425, April 13, 2017, iOS 10.3.1 and iOS 10.3.2 Beta 2. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullet! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of whom I am. Today's episode is sponsored by Texture. Go right now to texture.com slash TII to get your free trial. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and you are listening to the Today in iOS podcast. There are no music for this episode. I'm all out of music created on iOS device. You know what to do. I want to thank Carlos for sending in the artwork for today's show. Carlos wrote the following. Hi, Rob. This photo was taken of me outside the Nanuet New York Apple Store with an iPhone 6 where text was added using Photar. Regards, Carlos B. And thanks, Carlos, for sending in this artwork. And folks, you can see Carlos's artwork in the free TI app via the bonus button for episode 425 or at Instagram.com. And also at Facebook.com. Carlos's picture was the first to kick off the 10th year anniversary of Today in iOS, or as it was originally known, Today in iPhone. And that first episode went up in April of 2007. Please, when taking a photo of yourself in front of your local Apple store, if possible, take a square picture, as I have to make them square for iTunes. And like Carlos, put the Apple store location on the photo along with TII or Today in iOS branding. Thanks to the many of you that have already sent in photos. As always, send those pics to todayinios at gmail.com. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote. Quote, The news that Apple is partnering with IBM to expand into the enterprise mobility market only underscores the ongoing need for secure end-to-end enterprise mobility solutions like those BlackBerry has delivered for years. Unquote. BlackBerry, 16th of July, 2014. And exactly how is BlackBerry addressing this need in 2017? Oh, yeah, by adopting Android, an iOS synonymous with insecurity. Yep, that is going to address the secure end-to-end enterprise market. No doubt about it. I see IT managers jumping all over that like a duck on a Cheeto. Quick reminder, if you are an app dev or an iBook author, email me if you want your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment for free. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com. Please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook, indicating you are the dev or the author. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. Apple is keeping up with their rapid release of new betas. On April 10th, Apple released iOS 10.3.2 Beta 2. One of the biggest things in Beta 2 brings is support for the iPhone 5 and 5C, which were left off the list for the Beta 1, which means that whole Forbes article about how that they're not going to be updated. Um, yeah, you shouldn't release an article like that two days after Apple actually released a version that supported the 32-bit machines. Anyway, I digress. Of course, uh, it also brings bug fixes and optimizations. That's uh, known as BFO for the other devices. And I'm talking, of course, about the iOS update and not Forbes. And one report is that iOS 10.3.2 betas bring a fix to issues with SiriKit car commands. Beta 2 is available for both devs and public beta testers. Go get it. Also on April 10th, Apple released WatchOS 3.2.2 Beta 2, and as usual, it's just for devs. I went and looked on the developer forums for WatchOS, and there were crickets chirping with regards to this beta, which just means that Beta 2 is also BFO, bug fixes and optimization. 
And finally, on April 10th, Apple released tvOS 10.2.1 Beta 2 again for just devs. Again, just BFO here, nothing to see. Move along, move along. So really, three releases of the second betas for the double dot updates. And really, the only exciting news was that 10.3.2 Beta 2 was available for the iPhone 5 and 5C, meaning 32-bit devices are not completely dead when it comes to updates, but you should fully expect them to be dropped from updates when iOS 11 is announced in June. I started getting a message that my iCloud account was running out of space and I needed to update. And it seems many others were getting the same message as well. Looks like iOS 10.3 causes iCloud services to kick in and turn on that were not previously active. In my case, one of my iPads started doing backups to iCloud and that took up over four gig of space. I went in and deleted the backups or the backup and changed the iPad to sync just with the computer, and that seems to have fixed it for me. To delete a backup in iCloud, go to Settings, General, Storage and iCloud Usage, then Manage Storage under iCloud. You can then see what is taking up all the space in your iCloud account if you get one of those messages to upgrade. Others are reporting apps using iCloud turned on multiple uh, apps that had been turned off like mail, contacts, and calendars, and other apps now started using iCloud that before you had deselected to use iCloud. So again, if you're getting a message that iCloud storage is almost up, you may want to go back and check all your iCloud settings. Now for Apple's part, they did say this bug was fixed in iOS 10.3.1. Yes, the version of iOS we said, shh, don't talk about it on the last episode. Well, Apple released 10.3.1, which is a double dot update, was all about bug fixes with 10.3. 10.3.1 was released on April 3rd, and if you did update to 10.3, you want to update now to 10.3.1. Release the hounds. One of the other bug or big fixes that were in 10.3.1 is patching a Wi-Fi vulnerability which is another really good reason you need to update ASAP. As always, make sure to force quit apps, backup, and do a reset network settings prior to updating to help minimize issues during the updates. Per the Wi-Fi vulnerability that was patched, Apple said, quote, an attacker within range may be able to execute arbitrary code on the Wi-Fi chip, unquote. According to Security Week, this issue was really with the Broadcom chipset used by many and affects all the iPhones since the iPhone 4, plus Google's Nexus 5, 6, and 6P, and most of Samsung smartphones as well. So not just isolated to iPhones. Apple gives Gail Benjamin of Google's Project Zero as being the person that discovered this bug. And now that hackers know it's out there, yes, release the hounds and update to 10.3.1 ASAP. I should also mention uh, 10.3.1 fixed a problem with one of our listeners, uh, Tammy, and she had an issue where when she tried to send out group text messages, she was getting an error message with 10.3. And when she went to 10.3.1, it fixed that group error message when trying to send out text. Tammy, thanks again for giving us the heads up on that issue prior to the update and then letting me know after the update that it was fixed with 10.3.1. Another vulnerability that Apple patched with 10.3 is where hackers can use audio files to allow malicious code to run on your iOS device. The bug also affected Apple TV and watchOS. Again, this was patched with the most recent major updates. This time, the exploit is specifically around M4A files and the metadata in them. Once the audio file was opened, it could execute malicious code. Of course, 
would-be hacker first had to get you to download the M4A file and then play it on your iOS device. Did I mention if you had not updated to 10.3.1? Uh, yeah, now is a good time to release the hounds. As there were a couple of potentially nasty zero-day exploits that were just patched. So this update for security reasons, especially if you're using it for work or business, anything where you need security, really good idea. Get updated to 10.3.1. Hi, Rob. It's Dave, formerly of Silicon Valley, now transplanted to New Jersey. I'm calling in regards to Gunner's issue with the EPUBs and getting them onto the new iPad. Uh, EPUBs are no longer, and other book formats, are no longer handled in iTunes. They're handled through the iBooks application. So uh, Gunner should launch iBooks on the iMac and then drag those EPUBs on iBooks and then connect the iPad to the iMac and sync. I should get them on there. Uh, alternatively, if Gunner wants to do that wirelessly, then enable iCloud syncing in iBooks on the iMac and also in iBooks on the iPad, and then the books will uh, sync wirelessly. So I hope that helps, and thanks for all you do, Rob. Take care. Goodbye. Dave, thank you for the feedback. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. For the listener struggling with EPUB files on this new iPad, Voice Dream Reader will import and read unprotected EPUB files. They can be saved to the app directly from Dropbox, iCloud Drive, or email attachments. VoiceDream may be overkill for this situation, but it's the only app I use to read unprotected EPUB books. Hope that helps. Regards, Shandy. Thank you, Shandy. Hi, Rob. Love the show. As per usual, I looked into iTunes and the App Store and settings, and I did not find what you described. Specifically, no button to disallow developers to ask for reviews. I am using an iPhone 6S. Also, as a voiceover user, I note once again Apple's failure to address several bugs and annoyances introduced in iOS 10. They did fix two minor bugs. One of those would keep listing a call you initiated even if you were two hours into it as incoming call. The other is now when you open a mail message, your focus is placed directly on the body of the message. Both bugs were introduced in iOS 10. Too far, more irritating bugs remain. Regards, Kevin Barry. Thanks, Kevin. And to go with Kevin's is this one. Hi, Rob. I just updated my iPhone 6S to version 10.3, but I can't find any information on settings, iTunes, and App Store about changing app review settings. So what am I missing here? Regards, Brian, and thanks to others that asked about this. Kevin and Brian and others, sorry about that. My bad. That feature was removed prior to it going Goldmaster, and when I pulled my notes together for new features when I was going through the betas, I missed that that one had been removed from what was in the early betas. So hopefully we'll see that one back in the future, or Apple just won't let devs ask. But if they're going to allow them to ask, then they need to have that feature back in there. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. Thanks for all your efforts with the podcast. I've enjoyed listening and learning over the past six months or so. I've been having a problem with notification and not hearing them in my Bluetooth headset. After spending two hours on chat with Apple to no avail, I thought I would throw it out to the community. I had no problems with the combinations for nine months or so prior to that. It started with iOS 10.2 update, I believe. I have an iPhone 7 with Series 1 Apple Watch and an LG HBS 730 headset. I have narrowed it down to something with the heart handoff when the phone locks and notifications are handed off to the Apple Watch. The notification sounds are not being sent to the headset. 
Putting the watch in airplane mode or unlocking the phone makes it so I can hear them in the headset, but I can't leave my phone unlocked all day, and not having the watch hooked to the phone makes it useless. This may not be a problem for some, but I work in a noisy in active environment, and hearing alerts through my headset is pretty much the only way I know I've received an email or text. Thanks, Greg in Chicago. Well, Greg, thanks for the email, and I'll throw it out to the audience. Anyone has a suggestion for Greg, shoot us an email, todayinios at gmail.com, or give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. But my suggestion to Greg would be make sure you have haptic feedback turned on on your Apple Watch, have it turned up as the highest setting, because I also sometimes don't hear messages come in, but I sure do feel them on my wrist when it vibrates that I've got a new message. Remember, oftentimes I'll hear it before I or feel it before I hear it. So again, take a look at your haptic feedback settings for your Apple Watch when you get a message or notification. We are now over 3,500 members in our Google Plus community and growing. Thanks to everyone that has joined and thanks for the great posts. One new post in the Google Plus community that went up since the last episode was from Stan Bentley, who wrote the following comments. Quote, I've been suspecting something has been going on behind my back, so today I ran an experiment to test my hypothesis. We have a 3 gigabit shared data plan with AT&T, and we had plenty of headroom when we first signed up, and we haven't changed our pattern of usage that much. Since today was the first day of my monthly billing cycle, I reset the data meters on our two phones. I also knew we were not going out, so our phones would only be on our local Wi-Fi all day, so no anticipated cellular data usage. Now it's at the end of the day, and both of the counters added together along with the AT&T data query uh, show that we used over 100 megabytes of cellular data. Extended that entire month, and that's 3 gigs by just setting it at the house. The Wi-Fi has been up all day, and so that's not the issue. Does anyone have any ideas, or does evil AT&T manipulate my phone to default to cellular? Wi-Fi assist, etc. is all turned off. I noticed that most of the data is being logged as push notifications. I find it hard to believe I have nearly five, uh, 50 meg of push notifications in a day. Any ideas? Unquote. And this post had over 20 replies in the first day. I will not go through those replies other than to say, if you have not checked your data usage to start a month, you should, and you should check out this post and feedback. Thanks, Stan, for the post. And thanks to everyone else that contributed to the Google Plus community in the past couple weeks. And since the last episode, there were also dozens and dozens and dozens of other new posts and comments in the TII Google Plus community, which is an Android fanboys free zone and spammer free zone. Yep, it is the most civil Google Plus community covering iOS. Folks, go to todayinios.com slash community to join in. And thanks to all 3,500 plus of you already in the community and contributing. And this also from the Google Plus community where uh, these comments were per the last episode, which I always try to remember to pin the last episode at the top. And this comes from Myron Euchre, who said, quote, the first app I've seen that has the switchable icons is the MLB at bat app. I was able to change my icon to the Colorado Rockies logo instead of their standard logo, unquote. And Myron, thank you for the heads up on that. I changed mine to the Royals logo. Thanks once again to Texture for sponsoring our show. And as I said before, Texture is essentially the Netflix of magazines. You get access to over 200 of the top magazines. And here's what's really important in this current environment. 
These are real news publications. No fake news from either the right, the left, or anywhere else. These are not issues where your people are looking for link bait. These are real, credible news magazines like Time, The New Yorker, Macworld, Popular Science, and many others. You know, the type that still believe in two verified sources before reporting something? Shocker. Well, you only need one app to get those two verified sources. And this service is all you need to get the great magazines, and that's, of course, Texture. So if you go to texture.com slash TII, you get a 14-day free trial. It, texture is normally $9.99 a month, and again, you get over, access to over 200 magazines. And if you sign up at texture.com slash TII, you'll get that 14-day free trial to try it out. Texture really helps me keep track of podcasting marketplace and the smartphone industry. That is the beauty of Texture. You get access to over 200 magazines covering every niche with your subscription. And Texture has gone beyond delivering just the magazine itself. They made it easy to find and enjoy those articles. You want to read in bed at, during your daily commute. Uh, they have daily recommendations, exclusive interactive features, videos, and more. The magazines look great on your iPhone or iPad. And that means you have access to all the magazines, anytime, anywhere. And here is what I really like. You can search for a topic across all the magazines. Search for podcast and sort by newest, and I can keep up to date on my day job. Why on earth would you subscribe to just a couple of magazines when you could have all the best ones on your smartphone or iPad all the time for way less? Sign up at Texture right now and gain insider access to all the content from the world's best publications and no trees were killed to bring you these great publications. It's just bits, man. Once again, go to texture.com slash TII to get your free 14-day trial. Get real news from real news sources. The iPhone in the U.S. continues to be the most popular smartphone among the hippest and smartest segment of our population, the teens. Teens know everything, and it seems they know the iPhone is the best smartphone to own. Who said our future is in trouble? And amazingly, 76% of teens surveyed own an iPhone. That's up right now from 69% in the spring period a year ago. And even more amazing, 81% of teens surveyed said they expect their next iPhone, their next phone to be an iPhone. And that's up from 75% a year ago. According to Piper Jaffrey, quote, Apple continued to grow smartphone share among teens with 76% of teens owning an iPhone versus 74% in the fall of 16. We view the survey as a positive data point on the iPhone 7 demand and excitement around the upcoming launch of the 10th anniversary iPhone, iPhone X, unquote. But you know what? The teens were not done there. Interest in smartwatches also kept on growing. 13% of teens surveyed said they plan to buy an Apple Watch in the next six months, versus 11% that said that a year ago. In the spring of 2016, 6% owned an Apple Watch. Now in the spring of 2017, that's up. Uh, that percentage is up to 10%. So they went from 6 to 10, that's 40, that's what is that? About 60% increase. The survey conducted was the with 5,500 teens in the U.S. with an average age of 16. So at least it's a lot of data that should be somewhat accurate and relevant. And before you email me, yes, 66% increase, not 60% increase. Apple announced that they will announce their last quarter numbers on May 2nd, which was really nice of them to wait until the week of May 2nd. Thank you, Apple. The week prior to that, also known as the last week of April, I will be at NAB as a speaker talking about podcasting. 
Plus, also, there was a press pass that was issued, so hopefully I'll be seeing some cool new accessories for iOS devices, which I can then report on in future episodes. Apple stock has been on a tear since the last quarterly report, and really just before it, so it's reached all-time highs in the last two months. will be interesting to see what happens after this call. I don't think there are very high expectations for this past quarter's numbers. Most experts... Uh, expect the the numbers to be much lower than the previous quarter. Of course they will be. The real question is, can they be higher than the year-ago quarter? If they are, Apple stock price should be okay. But if they are not, look out below. Apple finally released their new app, Clips, which they describe as following. Quote, Clips is a new app from Apple that makes it easy to create expressive videos on the iPhone and iPad. It's now available as a free download on the App Store. The app provides an all-new way to produce quick, engaging videos to share with friends and family through the message app or Instagram or Facebook and other social networks. Clips simple Single-screen interface lets users make polished multi-clip videos in minutes without video editing timelines, tracks, or complicated tools to learn, unquote. Well, let me get this off my chest. What I don't like about clips. I don't like that if you want to bring in a video you already recorded, imagine that, you have to select the video and then tap and hold a button while in real time it copies over. This is not something you will want to do, say you have a 30-minute recording. Wow, theoretically you can bring that in, but oh my, your finger will be so tired. I wish you could just bring it all over at once. None of this real-time having to hold as the video plays crap. And make no mistake, it's crap forcing that. Sorry, but for my needs, iMovie is still the way better way to go. With that said, many will find clips fine and useful, but it's more about making short, short messages than it is around doing something educational like doing an unboxing video, which I was going to try to use it for, but it just was not worth it to hold it down the button for four and a half minutes. And editing is not that clear. It really seems like a unfinished product. Stick with iMovie is the summary of this review. What say you? Do you like clips? Are you using it? If so, call in and explain how you're using it and also what what specific purpose are you using for or service are you creating the videos for? Give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. And fly away, WWDC invite. Fly away. All right, let's talk about rumors. In the latest rumor bin for future iPhones... It is being reported that Apple will bring the chip design in-house for power management ICs. This seems like it will be for all iPhones in the near future. If this is true, it means very bad news for Dialog Semiconductor, which has been supplier of the power management ICs for a long time, and, well, currently still is the supplier. The stock took a big hit upon the rumor hitting the street, with the stock dropping from $48 to below $40 and then leveling off at $40. For their part, Dialog Semiconductor said the following, quote, the company knows of no business reason uh, for this movement and confirms that it remains comfortable with its guidance for the first quarter and its prospects for the year. The company notes the level of visibility into the design cycle of its leading customers remains unchanged and the business relationships are in line with normal course of business, unquote. 
Apple bringing in uh, the design in-house is not overly surprising. Power management is a key item for the iPhone. And if Apple thought they could customize a chip to get better performance and optimize for their devices, well, then that's what they would do. However, that means they also need to succeed with that goal before they drop their current supplier. Some reports on this said Apple would be doing this for cost savings, and I don't buy that analysis. Performance seems to have been the reason made for similar changes in the past, not price. If price is the issue, it's easier for Apple to just beat up the vendor over it than to go, you know, get the price down than it is for them to go try to develop their own chips. At this point, neither Apple nor Dialog have confirmed this rumor, which came from analysts at Bankhouse Lompi and is based on sources in the know and that Apple has been, quote, poaching like crazy, unquote, top engineers from Dialog. It is reported that Apple now has a team of about 80 engineers working on their own power management chip versus the 1,300 or so people at Dialog. So yeah, there's that issue to make uh, this look a little shaky on the rumor side. We'll be interesting to see if this was just a rumor and what happens to Dialog stock price in the meantime. Previous rumors about the next gen or special iPhone had it where the price would be north of 1000 Well, the current rumors this week is that's not going to be. UBS analyst Steve, you can't spell my last name, Milanovic, said the price of the iPhone 8 will be between $850 and $900. What is it only coming in one storage option? Oh, wait, he is talking about the 64 gig version. So that does that mean there's going to be a 256 gig version that will only be $999? We shall see. Speaking of iPhone 8 rumors, another one has it having the smart connector. This rumor coming from the Israeli blog, The Verifier. My thoughts on this are, well, wow, that will be a pretty small keyboard if that's what they're doing it for. But then their rumor on that site goes on to say that the smart connector would be used for inductive wireless charging and VRAR accessories. Uh, of course, the smart connector was also rumored for the iPhone 7 Plus, And well, we see how that panned out. Now that I hear why they think it will have the connector, I think it should have been more believable if they had just said it was going to have a smaller keyboard. Of course, it seems all these new specs rumored for the iPhone 8 do come at a cost, as in the device will now be delayed until October or November. And China's Economic Daily News is reporting that technical issues related to the lamination process of curved OLED displays and the adoption of 3D sensing systems may cause delays for the new Superphone. I always love these rumors of a delay for a future product that hasn't been announced yet. So how do you have a delay for something that one, isn't announced, and two, has no possible date to be launched on because it hasn't been announced? Uh, additional rumors came back and other analysts came back saying that 3D sensing system issue is bogus and it was based on a guy who's a CEO of a company who's nothing, as they, the analyst said, more than a paper pusher, ouch, and not a technical person. Ooh. Previously, we reported on a rumor of a speed test for, at the time, the upcoming Galaxy S8 and how it was toasted by the iPhone 7 Plus. Well, now we have real-world speed tests, and yep, it is still toasted by the 7 Plus. So along the short, Sammy needs to go back and just talk about batteries for a while. Just think how much the next iPhone with the A11 chip is going to toast it. 
with the S8, there is one new, quote, gimmicky feature, and that is facial recognition to unlock the phone, which, you know, sounds great right up until you see the video of a person taking a picture of their face and then using the picture on one smartphone to unlock the phone that they registered their real face with. Ouch. When a picture can unlock the phone, that's not exactly what you would call secure. It sounds like something out of an old Mission Impossible episode. In any case, can you say gimmick? Hi, Rob. How you doing? This is Ozzy from Miami. Just to let you know that I just did the update to 10.3 and uh, made a big mistake uh, due to the fact that uh, I'm having issues with my messaging app crashing on me. I ended up doing it the first day, and uh, I know you tell us not to do it, and uh, I didn't listen, and uh, I'm now having issues and trying to pull all my hairs out by uh, not being able to text message anyone. So just uh, give you an FYI on that. Take care. Have a great day. Ozzy, sorry to hear about your issues. Yep, always wait a few days and wait and make sure you clear out all your apps and do a reset network settings. Hi, Rob. Please tell Levi that his offspring are musical geniuses. They should put that music on Bandcamp and charge money for it. I'd buy it. Regards, Rob from Boston. Hi, Rob. I was wondering if you or your listeners have experienced any issues with the auto-lock settings. I have mine set to five minutes, but after about two and a half minutes, my screen starts to go to sleep. I have an iPhone 7 with iOS 10.2.1 and had the same issue on my previous iPhone, with the, which was a 5S. I've set it to different uh, auto lock times, but to no avail. Any idea? Much appreciated. Rick in East Haven, Connecticut. Rick, typically about half the time into what you set for the lock screen, it'll start to go dark, but it doesn't actually go to sleep. It just gets a little dimmer. Uh, so just set it to a little bit longer and be, you'll be fine. Hi, Rob. It's Kim from Salem, Oregon. Get it to iOS 10.3, and I love it. It's awesome. The kind of weird thing is that uh, under, in, like, one of the settings sections, it had applications. It said how many applications you had. Entered that, and uh, it had apps that were due for, um, that were 32-bit and wouldn't work with future updates and stuff. I had, like, I had, like, 15 Actually, I technically had 16 because um, for some reason uh, the today or the app that I heard about on today in iOS, it was um, Memory of the Scanner Pro. It does not work anymore. I don't know why, but it hasn't been up here since, since like 2014 or so. So, oh well. It worked great while it lasted before the update for 10.3. So, thank you so much for... The listener who wrote in about that app and said how awesome it was because it was totally awesome and uh, I downloaded it on your recommendation from the show, so thank you for that. But it doesn't work anymore, so oh well. Oh, and uh, storage news, I had 113, I was using 113 uh, uh, gigabytes on my uh, 128 gigabyte phone and uh, now I'm using 124, so Woo-hoo! That's awesome. And I've got like 70-something gigabytes uh, that are free, so that's wonderful. Anyway, I'll talk to you later. Bye. Kim, as always, thank you for your feedback. Switching gears, if you have the TII app, right before this episode, 425, you will see the unboxing video for the Sandman Clock from Palo Alto Innovations. The unboxing video is just for the TI app. 
I want to thank Porter from Porter's Podcast, also known as my youngest son, for helping out on the unboxing, and also Henry, my oldest son, who was there to help as well. So what is so special about the alarm clock? Well, glad you asked. It is also a charging station. It has four USB ports on the back, one for higher power, i.e. your iPad, and then three standard USB ports. The clock part is very nice. It's a large display, which you can easily change the brightness on. You have the options for no color, i.e. black, or all colors, i.e. white, but nothing in between. If you watch the video, you will hear at the end, everyone wanted that device. But in the end, my older son, Henry, he won out as he said he needed the charging ports for his iPhone, his iPad, and his Fitbit. And considering he has always been asking me, he's always saying, Dad, can you run downstairs and put this on the Fitbit charger right as he's going to bed? This now saves me from having to do that from now on. If you have an Apple Watch, an iPhone, an iPad, and an extra battery pack that you use to get through the day, this will be the perfect charging station for you right next to your bed or in your kitchen or wherever else you want to put this. But it's a nice looking charging station. It looks great. Um, as again, it works really well as an alarm clock. I would suggest if you get it, you invest in a few short charging cords. It looks a lot better than having a longer charging cards around. The price of the Sandman clock is $44.99, so very reasonably priced. And there is a link in the show notes. And again, if you want to see how it looks, just check out the unboxing video in the TI app. It's right between episodes 424 and 425. And I want to thank the folks at Palo Alto Innovation for sending that over for me to review. And now, Henry, to use. Microsoft recently updated Cortana to version 2 for iOS. It is now faster, and it is a significant redesign. Cortana remains as a free app for iOS. Version 2 of the app is, quote, more responsive and has a redesigned calling, texting, and reminders, and more immersive full-page answers and with quicker page transitions, unquote. If Siri is not doing it for you, or you just like variety in your life, you might want to check out Cortana. If you are looking for an interesting iMessage app, there is one called Vidicast that allows you to stream one-way video to the iMessage recipient. Think one-on-one -on -one Periscope for iMessages. Both parties need the app downloaded for this to work. You can also send out the messages to a group of people and video chat one-to-many, but again, just one way, and also inside the iMessage app. If anyone has used Vidicast, give me a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Let me know what the situation was around that you were using it. How did it work out? I uh, would love to hear some real-world stories on the use of this app in iMessage. Hi, Rob. This is Matt from Wisconsin. And I will try to keep this as brief as possible because I know I'm on a time limit. I'm having two problems that are very similar. I have iOS 10.3.1, and ever since that update was released, I've been having some strange issues with connecting to my router. It recognizes the router. However, I cannot sign in to the iTunes store or the App Store. Try to do that. It will stay there for about two or three minutes and then eventually come up and say verification failed. And I know it's not my phone because I went to a local Apple store, which was about an hour away from here, 
and they were able to connect to their Wi-Fi and sign me in just fine. If anyone knows what's going on, it could be a weak signal issue, I don't know, but um, it's driving me crazy. I've dealt with this for a week. The second issue is very similar. I've tried to forget the router and sign into the Uverse Gateway, and when I do that, it tells me that the password is incorrect, even though I know that it is correct. And um, I know I'm dreading calling AT&T, but it looks like that's what I'm going to have to do unless someone can help me out. So if you guys could do that, I would really appreciate it. Thanks. Hi, Rob. This is Matt from Wisconsin again. Disregard my last message. I was able to fix the problem with AT&T's help, and what it was was the Wi-Fi channel was set to an extremely weak signal. And I called AT&T. By sheer luck, I got an onshore rep, and they were able to go into my settings and change it to their preferred channel, which is usually channel 5, according to 98% of his callers. Anyway, that's the update on the issue. Take care once again. Great show, as always. Matt, thanks for calling in with the issue and then calling in with the solution to the issue. So if someone else is suffering from that problem, hopefully your voicemail will have helped them out. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. I'm looking for an app that will send text messages to a defined contact on arrival at a location. It's a means of telling my partner that I have arrived safely at work. Does such an app exist? Thanks for your help. Regards, Dave G. Dave, I'm not sure, but I'll throw it out to the audience. Anyone knows of an app like this that you can basically set up a geolocation or geofence, and once you cross that fence, it goes and automates and sends it out? Give me a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MUNDOG, or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Off the top of my head, I wonder if the Workflow app, the one that Apple recently purchased and made free, I wonder if you could use the Workflow app to do that. Hi, Rob. I stumbled onto this when testing my Amazon Echo and Google Home devices. For Google answer, pay attention to the dates. Google thinks WWDC 2017 starts in 2016. These are unedited and not modified. Actual, They are actual recordings. Regards, Robert S. Hey, Google, when is WWDC? 2017 Apple Worldwide Developers Conference began on Sunday, June 5th, 2016 and ends on Friday, June 9th, 2017. Hey, Alexa. When is WWDC? Hmm, I can't find the answer to the question I heard. Are you someone that likes wired headphones and wants a pair that you can plug into the lightning port on your iPhone 7 or 7 Plus and have a way to power the iPhone while plugged in but don't like to have to deal with a dongle? Then the Pioneer Ray Z Plus might be what you're looking for. Not commercial, it's just a review. Uh, they are $150. They are completely wired, include noise cancellation tech, have the full controls, volume up, volume down, and the play pause button, plus a fourth smart button, which you can select that does something like uh, you can have it set to mute and unmute a call. Also, if the earpiece comes out of your ear, it will auto-pause the audio, and they have a lightning plug for you to power your iPhone when you are connected. So wired headphones that allow you to also keep your iPhone charged up. Wow, sounds almost like 2015 is calling. 
Link in the show notes for more about these. See, it's not just all about AirPods I talk about. Wow. Hello, Rob. It's Daniel from Wisbeach, Cambridgeshire. So I've been away for a while because uh, basically I sold everything Apple. Um, I went and got myself a Samsung Galaxy 7 Edge. And here is my story. So, I thought to myself, I'm bored of Apple, what do I do? I'm going to go over to Android for the second time. When will I learn? First problem, well, first of many, but let's just start with this. The thing becomes slow, right? And I mean it become quite slow, noticeably slow. If I tell you now that having sold all my Apple stuff, because this time I was never coming back, I was committed, I'm leaving, and I'm now on an iPhone 6, and it is faster in terms of real-time speed, like as I'm using the phone, switching between various apps. It's faster and more intuitive and a pleasurable experience doing it on this iPhone 6, right? That'll give you some idea as to where we're going with this. Okay, you have to understand, you've got to learn a different UI, there's different buttons, you know, that are down near the home button, which ironically, I keep phantom pressing on my iPhone 6 now, but hopefully I'll remove all of the Android data from my brain and be able to fully commit back to the fold of Apple. Okay, plus point, one plus point, it did look phenomenally good, that screen, but I do believe that very soon AMOLED screens are going to be coming to... uh, Apple, so we'll be okay, we'll be okay everybody, we'll be okay so uh, the most negative point well here it comes, I'll cut to the chase no more dribbling on, right when I turned the phone on a couple of days ago it froze so I reset okay, the only thing I knew how to do, reset unfortunately when it tried to boot back up, it was stuck on the Samsung logo and nothing else and that was it. So that was it. That was my that was my dilemma. Uh, there's no removable battery um, because uh, thankfully Samsung forums. That's all they seem to say. But obviously the Samsung Galaxy S7 Edge doesn't have a removable battery, so I was screwed. And the only option was to return it back to store. But thankfully it didn't catch fire. That's literally the only positive point of this whole story is that I wasn't burnt to death. <laughs> Uh, what else? Um, hold on a minute. Let me have a little pause while I think. Oh my god, yes. So, my lambasting of Siri all the time uh, held no water because OK Google is just as bad. Um, there was occasions when that failed uh, in spectacular fashion and the Google Ex- Assistant um, is nowhere near what they're selling it to be. Uh, I don't know whether that's because it's not officially out in the UK, which is where I reside, or not, but their Google Assistant, um, oh, something stupid like, hello, hello, that's how I say hello to my mates, I'm like, hello, and it's A-L-L-O, it's rubbish, it's like they're trying to do some sort of new messaging thing, but it has the Google Assistant built in, that can sort of like, oversee your messages between people, I'm like, what the... 
That's like inviting Google into your messages, your private messages, as if they don't have access to enough data. They want your private messaging, but apparently this Google Assistant is just sitting there in the background, happy to help when you need it. Maybe you might be talking about, I don't know, killing a president or something, and they'll bring up bullets on Amazon, you know, something like that. Oh, I bet you'd like to kill a president right about now, wouldn't you? Ha <laughs> tough. You're stuck with him. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I don't want to bring this topical. Uh, let's keep it Apple all. Uh, anyway, no, I'm dribbling now. I always do this. So anyway, uh, good news. Well, bad news. Good news. I don't know whether it's good news for you or not. I'm back. But I suppose that's pretty much mediocre news. But the grass is not greener on the other side. So... For the second time, I beg you to welcome me back in, and I promise you I will never leave again. Love the show, missed your face, and as always, stick with Apple. Android is not a nice day. Daniel, we missed you. From Stephen Watley in the Google Plus community, he asked the following, quote, voiceover help needed. I am visually impaired. There are many voiceover features that I would like to use, but I absolutely do not like voiceover's double-tap navigation. Is there a way to use voiceover without having to do the double-tap navigation? Examples, automatically read new notifications out loud or get verbal feedback when typing. Thanks, unquote. If anyone can help Steven, please give us a call or shoot us an email. And that would be 206-666-6364. It's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send the email to todayinios at gmail.com. Tell me a secret. I'm an open book, Robert. Tell me a secret. I would never keep a secret from you. Tell me a secret. If I told you, it wouldn't be a secret, now would it? Tell me a secret. Secrets don't make friends, Robert. Tell me a secret. I'm sorry. I'm afraid that's classified. Just kidding. Thanks again to Texture for sponsoring this episode. Folks, go right now to texture.com slash TII to get your free 14-day trial with access to over 200 of the best and most popular magazines. And before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show. Give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or record your feedback and email to me, at today and ios at gmail.com. Feedback can be a question or comment for something someone said on this episode, or it can be a question or rant you have about something else, an app, a product review, good or bad. As long as it is iOS related, it is welcomed. I'm always looking for new artwork to feature that you've created on an iOS device. Just put some TII branding on and send it in. And of course, we're always looking for more music created on an iOS device to play on the show. It's your show, and your feedback is greatly desired. Now, don't forget to check out our moderating Google Plus community by going to todayandios.com slash community. And finally, check out the newly updated TI app, which is free to you. Search for TII in the iTunes app store is the best way to consume the show and to get push notifications each time a new episode is released. It's fully voiceover friendly, of course. And per this last update, we just completely redid the push notification backend, and now they are almost instantly delivered to all users. This is a huge improvement from how it was and it also fixes the issue where some users were not getting push notifications at all to the, from the TI app. Please go right now and download the TI app new version, and you will get quicker, faster push notifications. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. 
for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for TII.